This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. What will be, will be. Welcome back to You Should Watch, a TV recap podcast, and we're talking about From. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm here with Sheree. Hey, Joe. Hey. Oh my gosh. Okay, Sheree, we are talking about episode seven from season two. It's called Belly of the Beast. And this is another one of those episodes where we're just kind of touching base with everybody. I love that title for this episode. (laughs) 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 Yes. Okay, so where do you want to start? Because literally, everybody's getting some FaceTime here. So is there a particular storyline that got your attention? I think we have to start with our favorite monster. Smiling ghoul. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That Mariel dream jump sequence fucking got me. Like, got me so bad. My husband looked over like, are you okay? I was not okay. I knew she was dreaming, but I also still couldn't breathe. I was like, no, mm-hmm. this isn't how this was. No, this isn't how. I can't breathe. And it's like, breathe. <laughs> breathe. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Whew. Everything about our smiling ghoul was just extra spicy and juicy. Well, except for his insides, apparently. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Work that. Get that bile out of there because that's all you got. He's a dry, desiccated husk. Listen, he was the driest organed man I've ever (laughs) seen as an operation. And I was like, that's not right. And she had to explain it to them. And I was like, y'all know that's not right. I I didn't go to real school and I know that's not right. I mean, the biggest question mark was just, is that actually a human body? Because I could not tell he was so dried up. Right? Like, how long have they been running around in this, like, what we thought was a desert land? (laughs) (laughs) Cracking people open. And again, we can't prove if they're eating or drinking these people. But, like, if there's no fluids, it stands to reason they're not. No, see, I think that's the worms. Ooh, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's it's a tricky thing because you could very well be right. You know, they just look like human beings or they're human bodies. But then the minute that they die, they just turn into these husks. But yeah, part of me is like, you left that body out there all night. And when you find him in the morning, he's all dried up. I, he was gross. Um, <laughs> again, I'm sad he's gone. But also, I love that he got a couple of scares on the way out. because. True. Even during the autopsy, when he, like, jerked, I was like, oh, no. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) This was tough, though, right? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to be very frustrated with the way that Kenny acts in this episode. But I was on Kenny's side a lot of the time. He was making good, strong, rational arguments. You know, let's put on some gloves. Let's put on some masks. Let's put on some goggles. Because we don't know what the fuck is going to happen when we put this guy inside and then cut him open. But at the same time, I was like, uh, Christy, I also agree with you. This is your one shot. You have to cut him open. That's one of the things I love about this argument is because so often when we have these arguments on TV, it's an easy, clear choice who (laughs) makes Mm -hmm. sense. Whereas this one, you're like, I see it from both sides. I have to figure out these monsters, but also this is not safe. You don't know if he's really dead, dead, or if he's going to like pop up tomorrow, dead. Mm -hmm. Like I, there was no winning. There was no winning. And I... 
because Christy and Boyd are definitely those people who are carrying all this guilt and the weight of the town. They oh, yeah. definitely are going to be like, we got to do it. Mm-hmm. If not, what was the sacrifice for? It can't be in vain. <laughs> right? Whereas Kenny's like, what if we survive, though, and mm-hmm. figure something else out? <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't know where I would have fallen on that. I wouldn't have been down there for the autopsy either way. But I no. don't know what <laughs> I would have taken. I would have stood outside with the shotgun and a drink in hand, ready to go just in case. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you said about Christy and Boyd kind of carrying the weight of everything because I felt like the underlying theme of this particular episode was everything is always awful and what new hell are we going to live through today? But also, what if there is a silver lining to everything? Like, do we need to look at it cynically or could this be happy? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that... This was the one win I can celebrate from this particular episode, because there's some other things I think are meant to be wins, but I just rolled my eyes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know what you're talking about. (laughs) It took everything for me to not write you like an essay in the DMs. (laughs) I was right, and I fucking hate it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can definitely appreciate the kind of moral questions that we're having here where it's like okay we're running out of food oh my god we need to send a signal oh my god we need to figure out if we can bring a child into this world like people are dealing with some really heady shit right now but i do like that we're also able to celebrate these small victories like when they discover that bile it's gross and you can tell that none of them are actually excited because they don't know what it means like uh okay we thought we were gonna have blood and now we're just dealing with a tiny bit of bile but you know what we're gonna get fucking pumped from this because we need a win listen i just think it's also like a giant metaphor to be happy for the little shit um (laughs) literally (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to take them where you can get them, right? I mean, we're turning shit into Shinola. We're turning bile into weaponized ghoul fare. Listen, (laughs) it's all we can do here. It is all we've got. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear the rant. How much do we hate this pregnancy? Okay, so my my frustration is that this show opened willing to go places like we end up our first kill is a kid who opens a window thinking it's grandma and gets her and her mother murdered Mm -hmm. and so this is definitely not the place to pull a punch because again i feel like if this had been the fatima we met last season she would be like i am gonna bring a child into a monster ridden world Mm -hmm. (laughs) where we have a food shortage and maybe two talismans left Right. My person keeps getting stabbed and arms broken every season. Like, (laughs) is this the way to go? One of my frustrations with women, the way women are written in these sort of situations, like I always bring up this in a quiet place. Right. Is that they never go abortion, which... Mm -hmm. It's not even a topic of conversation. Right, right. And I think that Fatima and Donna could have definitely had that conversation and made that decision to go down to see Christy. And that would have been powerful and important because it... When people don't even think about it or don't even bring it up, it feels like it's very pro-baby. Yeah, it's pro-life. Uh-huh. 
I definitely see what you're saying because, you know, I tried to push back on you a little bit when we were floating this as a possibility last episode, but you're right. The fact that we don't even have a conversation about abortion, we're just choosing to be like, oh my God, a baby, we're celebrating. This is a win. We have to look at it in a positive light. I'm like, no, in reality, you would at least float the question. But the reality is that we're making media in 2023 when we have literally repealed Woe v. Wade and everybody is really fucking scared of abortion now. Which is another reason why it would have been the moment. Because mm-hmm. if nobody else in town is going to do it, I think Fatima and Donna would definitely have the conversation. Especially because mm-hmm. Donna is coming from a practical place where she would have definitely been like, if you want to keep it, we'll figure it out. But also, right. you know, food is dire. You know, things are popping off every night. Mm-hmm. Is this wise? Yeah. She's too pragmatic for it to not at least be like, is this what you actually want? Like, absolutely. Let's talk to Ellis. Let's see how he's feeling. But for her to just immediately spin it as a fucking miracle. I was so mad. I was like, this is the first time I've lost Donna. <laughs> in two seasons. Donna, no. Donna, come back. <laughs> I was like, come back, Donna. Please come back. You're my one constant. Like... <laughs> I mean, I like it. Like, I I like the speech. I like the talk about how we need to find something happy in all of the doom and gloom. It's just, yeah, it's super aggravating that it's like, well, here's a woman who couldn't have a baby and now she can and her life is better. And I hate that. I hate that so much. I also hate that the Fatima we met was an artist who was growing pot and living her best life. Mm -hmm. She never felt like, oh, I wish I could have kids or, oh, I want to have kids someday. Like... Aside from her time with Julie, who was just like, uh, there are no kids in the town. There are no teens in the town. So I think Mm -hmm. that she definitely felt an older sister relationship with her. Right. But it wasn't ever like, I need to be a caregiver. And so I I don't know where this would come from. Like, I get that, like, if you can't have children and you get up one shot, even if it might be a monster baby, you might Mm. hesitate. But again, to never have the conversation of, is it a monster baby? Will it survive outside of this town? And this feels like such a, I mean, it's a gentle retcon, but a retcon nonetheless, right? We have literally never broached the subject of motherhood with this character before. You could have dropped in a little reference of, you know, "Mm, I like kids, but uh." we had never discussed the fact that she couldn't have children until this episode. And it feels like the writers are just using it as a twist to say, ooh, this town, weird shit be happening all the time. Which we did not need because we we knew when Victor was like, Wait, you the want, peaches are gone. You don't want 25 million more mysteries? Listen, listen no, like, we know things are changing because Victor was like, we've never been out of peaches before and I've been here 80 years. I'm like, what, Victor? And now we know that the weather is changing because that's never mm-hmm. happened. And so we, we understand that some things have shifted. We have a bus right. that just rolled in. A lot of big things have happened. And so like... This is the one we don't need. Like, the other ones I'm fine with. They make sense. They've gotten spicy. But I just don't need to see her possibly pregnant all next season, question mark. Yeah, yeah. I don't need it. It's very frustrating where they're choosing to take this character. I'm open-minded enough to say maybe we will be interested. You know, I... Have been watching Yellow Jackets this season, and we spent a bunch of time with a character who was pregnant and then delivered a stillborn child. So there's still a possibility that things may not result in a happy suckling child who who we then have to put up with. But with that said, I'm disappointed that this is where they're taking this character. Especially because 
I think to land on this decision, there needed to be another conversation. You can't just be like, I'm pregnant. I'm nervous about it. It's a miracle. Like we, we just, we didn't do the things we needed to do. Because again, even if it had just been a conversation and we had said the word a Bobo, like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> even Christy wasn't like, Hey, she was like, you're going to tell him, right? You need to tell him. And I'm like, you need to be talking to her about what you can and can't do with your little medicine cabinet. That's what you should be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. While we're talking about motherhood issues that upset me this episode, Tapitha had this line in her scenes with Jade where she was saying that at first she thought she was being punished because her son died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's still writing that in 2023? <laughs> Someone with no kids? Listen. <laughs> I, I don't know why this episode feels so anti-choice, but like right. it did. And it's not the world I'm used to because I love this show and I never got this energy from it before now. Hmm. Yeah. Um. It still definitely feels like we don't know what we're doing with Tabitha and Julie. Like, literally, wrote in my notes. Oh, Julie is still on this show because every once in a while, apparently, she's going to show up, say a line or two, and then disappear into the fucking ether. Okay, whatever. But it doesn't feel like we've got a good handle on what we're doing with Tabitha. Her story is glacial. We're just talking about the fact that she sees these creepy kids every once in a while, and I'm like really yeah we know that's all you've done all season where are we going with this right i want more from her because again in season one they came in hot and heavy with all of our favorites and now it feels like we've stalled so many of them and i Mm -hmm. get we have so much going on it's hard to juggle it all but i i wish we were seeing some of the arcs continue moving forward even if it is just like once every few episodes yeah yeah like this episode feels a little bit like i want to say episode three where we had done the double premiere we had killed off that girl in the woods in possibly our favorite episode to date and then we did a sort of survey of where everybody else was and how people were doing and that episode i think was successful then because it was early in the season, like we were we were laying foundation, we were establishing storylines and arcs for where we were going to go. But this is the back half of the season, baby, like we're meant to be ramping up to the finale. And it feels like some of these storylines are still on simmer. I need to turn up the heat. This feels like we have more than 10 episodes this season. That's mm-hmm. what this feels like, which we don't. <laughs> and we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Babies, we are three episodes away from the season two. End. Done. <laughs> like, this is this is the first episode where it's like, I would return most of this to the sender. <laughs> um, and it makes me sad because, again, like, we are so close to this finish line. And I we have so many questions. We have so much cool stuff. We have things that are still just appearing from nowhere. And I'm like, mm-hmm. notes, notes, notes. <laughs> and then we get to here and it's just like, let's do some character assassination and ignore some big conversations we could be having. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's definitely whiplash because some of the stuff like the Kenny stuff, the Boyd stuff, the Christy and Marielle stuff, all of that was really good in this episode. Donna was giving it because this actress is fucking amazing, but the Donna, Fatima, Ella stuff, eh? And then we've got a bunch of just kind of percolating stuff like, okay, sure, Victor, we'll touch base with you briefly. Okay, sure, Jim, we'll take you and Randall and your fucking drone out to the RV so that you can talk about sending more fucking signals into the sky. Sure. That was my weakest plot. 
It's nothing Jim is doing because this is definitely Jim's character. But this like, is Jim through and through, yeah. Right, but to like bring Randall and Randall's drone into it, <laughs> all we got from this, which it went on too long, like all together they had too much screen time for what they gave us, is mm-hmm. Randall being like, if you think it's an experiment, then some of the talent people must be in on it. Yeah, which, you know, again, it needed to be said. I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to actually pose that question. But yeah, there there was too much of these two, considering that we were just talking about not getting enough of other characters or feeling like the storylines were given short shrift because we didn't give it enough time. Like, I don't need Randall calling Jim a pervert in this episode. Right? He is here to be hated. Like, literally, that mm-hmm. is <laughs> his motivation every morning is to be hated. And I need him to do something different because even by now, Jade was getting the picture. Yeah. Which I never thought I'd be giving Jade praise. But like, <laughs> that's where I'm we're worried. At. I'm concerned. What world are we living in? <laughs> <laughs> it's all topsy turvy. <laughs> like, it's so topsy turvy. Okay. Yeah. Some of this stuff is just not working for me. I I either feel like we need to double down. Like, if we're going to do this, then I need next episode to be mostly Jim working with Randall on this fucking drone thing. Like, I'm going to need a bunch of stuff, but it needs to move faster or it needs to be meatier. I also need everybody who's holding information to actually talk to each other and stop getting secondhand things from their kids or whatever. Because (laughs) (laughs) if we would just pull the council together, have them sit in the same house one night and be like, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what I know. Mm -hmm. We might get an answer to anything. Yeah, the show seems very reticent to get a large portion of its cast together. I think that this is a practical piece as well as a creative where it's just really fucking expensive and difficult to do like a town hall meeting. But we are overdue for a fucking town hall meeting because we have seen too much weird shit and too many characters are keeping it close to the vest. I just also feel like after the two incidents at Colony House that led mm. to Ellis getting broken and are stabbed, it's time to have a family get together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just if nothing else to be like, we can't keep doing what we're doing. Ellis is going to die if we don't like all just sit down and like go over some new rules. Right? Like there's that moment where Donna is talking to Dale and he tries to say, you know, I'm right. I saw how much food you're taking out of here. It's an issue. We can't have these people here. And you're just like, Dale, you're not a character. Shut the fuck up. Donna leaves. And then we've got Bakva, the bus driver, who does the same thing that Julie did back in season one, where she's just like, I don't feel super safe here. And we just put a pin in it. I'm like, is this a character? Is this a storyline? Are we going to deal with this? Or are we just giving it lip service because we're planting seeds for down the road later? I'm so worried for her because she said that and we never saw her again. And I'm just Mm-mm. like, what if the next Colony House incident, it's her? I just, I don't know how many more Colony House incidents I can take. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I'm so tense. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm really worried for these people. It's like, it's, it's going to get repetitive if we just keep going back to this well. At this point, I would be like, look, Colony House is done. We've tried Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Y'all don't know how to behave. Um, Come back off that mountain. Come off that hill. You're going to get in this house and you're going to be quiet. (laughs) I am legitimately surprised that they haven't just said, you know what? It's not working. We need everybody in town or everybody needs to move up to Colony House. Like even just the idea that we're moving food from one site to the other 
And apparently not that much food because we discover in this episode that the soil is apparently acidic or it's doing something so that we can't even grow new food up at Colony House. Yeah, like, which again, you would think they would talk about that when she tells Donna she's pregnant. But what do I know? I'm just Mm. a woman. Um, (laughs) It's just not time for that, Trey. We need to talk about pregnancy stuff. We can't be talking about worrying things. Listen, like I just, <laughs> it just, it feels like the biggest selfish move to bring a kid into that town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're. I feel like we will get more of this, and we will understand a little bit more. I think we have to because otherwise, Fatima just kind of seems like really irresponsible. Like, I get it. You've said, oh, she couldn't have kids and now she's finding out that she can and all of her dreams with Ellis are coming through. And obviously we're still building this fucking wedding that's going to just go south real, real fast when it actually does happen. But it just, I don't know, it feels manufactured. This feels like something cooked up in a writer's room, not true to the character. Exactly. And it makes me wonder if we're doing all this to rush to the wedding, which might be just in the finale, mm-hmm. where we just devastate all of us by doing something to her. Because again, she's not the character we know and love. And sometimes that's what happens when we're like, we got to write her off, but we don't know how because we were planning on keeping her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. And we were talking about episode titles before we got on the air, because sometimes they're kind of eh, and sometimes they're very reflective of where we're going. And the season finale is literally called Once Upon a Time. So we're getting that wedding in the finale. Yeah, which I love original Fatima and I love Alice, but I don't care if they get married. I, I really don't. <laughs> no, if anything, they're going to try to get married and one of them is going to die. <laughs> And like Alice has been injured twice, so like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also, between him being up and moving around in this episode, and Jim being up and moving around that RV, I was just like, so we're still pretending that these people weren't on death's door and had like major invasive surgeries in the last couple of days. Listen, I'm annoyed. I need someone to say like, oh, it's magical healing powers as well. That's a new thing. I mean, apparently, because, like, it did something to Fatima because she can have kids now. And so, mm-hmm. like, these monsters are doing super invasive things to people while they're sleeping, <laughs> apparently. Apparently. It's uh, in the air. It's in the food. Who knows? <laughs> <sighs> we we have to talk about Elgin. Oh, yes. Okay. Actually, that's a good segue because I was going to say we have three characters who are hearing the music boxes. So that was going to be my sort of, ooh, that's the mystery I'm most interested in. But yes, what else about Elgin? Uh, so Elgin definitely was being weird around the dead body, uh, mm-hmm. which we we could take that a few ways, but it felt like there was something there to it. Okay. And then he had another moment to flirt with Julie and was telling her about it because that's how you keep a secret. You tell the children. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you tell Julie because she only shows up once every couple of episodes. So clearly she's not talking to anyone else. That secret's safe till next season. So mm-hmm. he, he made a good call. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she tells him to get into like the bathtub and just like get under the water and see what happens. And sure. he ends this with his very first cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not ready. I, I I know nothing good happens here. And so I was worried for him. But I didn't know we would end with him maybe being drowned by imaginary children ghosts monsters? Question marks? 
Yeah. I mean, the fact that we didn't get to see anything except something apparently dragging him under was a bit underwhelming to me. Because you're right, we sort of knew something was going to happen, right? I mean, the episode was creeping up, and he gets under the water. A, he's fully clothed. I thought it was very unusual, but okay. And yeah, I mean, I think we'll pick it right back up. I'm really hoping it's not just a dumbass dream sequence, but it could be, because he does spend most of the episode talking about his dream that he had on the coach as it was coming in at the beginning of this season slash end of last season. Yeah. I know he's going to be fine. He's one of the mm-hmm. few people I think is going to be with us next season. I think so. Yeah. But I want to know what his deal is because like we've been saying, we we don't know what his deal is yet. And he's saying mm-hmm. he forgot whatever he was meant to remember, which is also weird. And I'm like, don't get out Victor on us. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I need like him and Tabitha and Victor and Boyd. And Marielle to all get together and be like, I'm hearing music and I'm seeing things. Let's put our heads together and see if we have any commonalities. Yes. Yes. Because, like, apparently the bar is about to be open with better liquor because Jade found a purpose. Sure. So we could, we yeah. could all meet there and figure it out. <laughs> I'm so happy that Jade's storyline is making better moonshine. Great. <laughs> I think that's when I truly forgave him because <laughs> I was still harboring a little bit of resentment. <laughs> I did think it was funny that apparently he and Tabitha just start not even day drinking, like morning drinking. <laughs> what else do you do in this town? Like, I I would be reading a lot of books, but yeah, there would there would be a fair amount of day drinking for sure. Especially because she just had a fight with her husband, um, mm. which felt like the most forced fight they've had. <laughs> Yeah, but his perspective was also full on bullshit. Like, I really appreciated the fact that she said, um, pretty sure yesterday you took our young son to go meet his near murderer. So shut the fuck up, Jim. Right? Right? <laughs> but he's like, Victor has a gun. It's like, but Sarah's actually killed people. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure Victor hasn't actually hurt anyone yet that we know of. He's only killed cans of peaches, as far as I'm aware. So. <laughs> he murders a can of peaches. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is hit and miss. I think the the autopsy stuff was really good. I did like that the show isn't all doom and gloom. Like, the characters are trying to make peace with the, the fact that there are good things that happen in the episode. But a bunch of folks acting out of character and just too many saucers in the air going on like some of these things have to come down yeah yeah and i'm hoping that like these next three episodes it's like a domino effect of things going wrong mm-hmm. we are also overdue some more we need a couple of people deaths. to die <laughs> literally yeah because yeah. like we the last three episodes we needed some bloodshed we need some oh no i know that person's name i love them mm-hmm. also where's that old lady was it tilly yeah yeah haven't seen her in a little while huh and I definitely called her as like one of the first to die this season and she just disappeared. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I still think that she is cannon fodder red shirt material. She is going to either sacrifice herself or she's going to die at a very inopportune time. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm curious to see who makes it because I can't. I can't get a good feel for who the writers will get rid of and if mm-hmm. they'll keep coming back like Father Katri. <laughs> right. 
yeah, it's a mystery. I don't have a good sense. I mean, you and I are both pretty sure we're going to get a wedding. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, I don't know. It definitely does feel like we could lose a main character pretty easily. And you know what? Good for us, because we need it. We've earned. <laughs> we say this, but what if it's Donna? No. What if <laughs> it's Donna. Kenny? Not Donna. What not if it's Do Boyd? No, not those three. Like, <laughs> like, yes, we've earned it, but none of those people. Only people I don't like. <laughs> we can have our from trio, like Scream did for decades. There <laughs> like, we go. <laughs> and everybody else might catch it. Like, that's fine. Yeah. What if it's Julie? I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's Victor? Yay! Yay. <laughs> I mean, Jade made moonshine, but is it enough to like mm. <laughs> keep him off that table? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing, right? You look at who's contributing interesting storylines, who's moving the plot forward, and maybe there's a secret reveal or a carpet is about to be pulled out from under us, but it definitely feels like... We don't know what we're doing with Julie, Tabitha, Jade, Victor. There's a lot of characters here where I'm just thinking, what are you bringing to the table? Maybe you are going to die. I'm also curious how many times Jim will contact whoever said to stop contacting them <laughs> before mm -hmm. they're just like, let's kill him. Let's just go in this right now. <laughs> yeah, I... I kind of want another Boyd Sarah journey out into the woods with spooky weird shit and a new building or something like that. Like, I know we can't do this all the time, but it feels like if we're going to pursue this Randall and Jim thing, like, okay, send them out into the fucking woods. Let's get a big old mystery going on and either set up a cliffhanger or kill one of them or something like that. But yeah, I, I need something to shake up. And to be fair, Tabitha's finally mentioned the tunnels to Jade, mm -hmm. which... I don't know why she hasn't told anybody about these tunnels before. She's been right. back for days now. Yeah, because nobody's fucking talking to one another. Literally, people encounter things and discover things and are just like, I guess I'll just take it to my grave. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know this is part of a puzzle. You know it is. <laughs> <laughs> if I keep this piece of the puzzle to myself, I'm important. Right? And I just, I don't know why. Because Jay was like, what tunnels? Mm -hmm. And this is after she was like, you didn't seem surprised when you found me in the woods the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been there. And I'm mm -hmm. like, why is no one talking? <laughs> it's a little too soap opera pacing for me, where it's like, you're not dragging this up because you're running five episodes a week, you know, four weeks a month or something. Like, you get one episode a week. There's 10 episodes per season. People need to fucking talk to one another. Listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that's all you can do. When you, the sun comes up, you go outside and you're like, here's what I know. What do you know? And yeah. it's it's like the Tower of Babel, literally. Nobody's communicating and we're all just running around being like, oh, no, how do we get out of here? Mm hmm. Yeah. OK, so that's that's my thing for next week. I at least want Elgin, Mariel and Boyd to all figure out that they're hearing this music box because that is another of these new things and every time we hear it bad shit is happening so that's what i want i want the three of them to come together i also want us to put dale in the box and or investigate him because he stabbed ellis and is trying to like divert the people's attention yeah and i don't trust him i just don't trust him also he's gets a name all of a sudden no that's fishy it's like he's trying to start a rebellion which 
could be interesting you know like let's divide this town across battle lines or something that could be intriguing that could lead to something but uh yeah if not we're giving this guy a lot of time right and so i think that we have to either put him and sarah in the box and be like (laughs) we still have a system here or (laughs) find something else for him to do because like it's it's just it's suspect and I know mm-hmm. that, like, we're talking about if it's an experiment, which I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. People have to be in on it. But he'd be my prime suspect if there was an experiment afoot. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know what? That seems like two potential avenues that we can reevaluate next week. Yay. And see what happens with that vial. <laughs> <laughs> and that bottle of vial. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Sheree, if people want to talk about uh, who else should be communicating, how would they get in touch with you? You can communicate with me <laughs> at Miss mm. <Ms>. Sheree <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Where can they find you, Joe? I can be reached at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And if you want to get a hold of both of us to talk about whether Sarah and Dale should go into the box, you can do so by using the handle at you should underscore watch. And thank you, as always, to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. We will be back to talk about season two, episode eight next week. And in the meantime, maybe Fatima just falls down the stairs. I, some, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.